0: My name is Queen Zoya Counts and I would like to welcome you to my podcast Miss Z's Storytelling. This podcast is about me reading short stories and fiction stories as well as non-fiction stories for all my listeners to enjoy. Thank you for listening to Miss Z's Storytelling. queen zoiah counts and i want to welcome you to my podcast Miss Z storytelling i will be reading chapters four five and six of the destruction of faith written by queen zoiah counts you can also purchase the book on amazon so go and support me and purchase my book and support me i also sell them on my site www.zawayaworksllc.com So you can purchase some from there if you do not want to wait around for the book to be delivered to you from Amazon. Now, let's get to it. Destruction of Faith written by Queen Zawaya Counts narrated by Queen Zawaya Counts Chapter 4 The Bookstore Two weeks had gone by quickly as my house was coming along. I decided that I was going to go down to the local bookstore and buy myself a few books to start my library. I had only had five paperback books, and they were dingy from being read repeatedly. The favorite of the five books that I had was Dracula by Bram Stoker. I was so in love with the mythical creatures of the night. I knew each word of every passage that contained his dialogue. See, I really wanted a vampire in my life. I even owned the movie on DVD and I can never get enough of that movie. My other four books were Gone with the Wind, Roots, Grease, and Flowers in the Attic. These books were special to me for I got them from social service one year for Christmas. See, my mother couldn't afford to buy me anything for Christmas, so she went to social assistance for help, and they gave her a big cardboard box filled with stuffed animals. I removed all the animals, and then I found at the bottom of the box were these books. I did not care about those other toys. I just wanted to get my hands on those books and read. I arrived at the shop based on the direction that Stacy had given me. Stacy had been to the shop several times so she knew exactly where it was and she told me that I would love it. I drove into the small gravel parking lot in front of the store and parked my car. Before I got out of the car I began to feel a funny sensation but I ignored it. Was Bella trying to come out like what could be threatening me around here? I walked into the small shop, and the first thing that awoke my senses was the sweet smells of smoke drifting past me from some incense. I noticed that there were three of them sticking out of a flower pot in the dirt. I knew that I would make sure that a few packs of those were leave with me because they smelled so good. A tall, dark-skinned man with long red locks wearing an orange dashiki stood behind the counter engrossed in a book. I closed my eyes and inhaled, and then I heard a woman's voice coming from behind me. I opened my eyes and turned around. Excuse me, I said. The woman smiled sweetly at me, but did not greet me. I know that I had heard her say something to me. Pardon, self-queen, I did not mean to startle you. I was asking you if I could help you, she said. Oh, then my apologize to you. I, I, I did not hear what you said because I was too busy enjoying the aroma of those incense you're burning. You like that scent? Well, it is called Egyptian musk. I make them myself, but my husband tells me that they smell too sweet. The man behind the counter looked up from his book and smiled, then went back to reading. Well, I will take a few of those sticks before I leave, but I thought that I smelled Kush too Anyway, I am here actually looking for some books to start my library. I want to find something that has to do with our people. I glanced around the store. You have so many books here, I do not know where to start. Start by telling me what you're interested in, the lady said. I'm interested in everything. Well, then just follow me. I followed her through these long red, black, and green beads hanging down in the doorway. It had that 70s feel to it. You know, back in the day when they would have the beads hanging in the door and then you would see that old velvet poster. Then we entered this open space, which looked like a small community center. I noticed a small platform towards the back wall center with a long curtain hanging from it. I could see the light flickering from candles hidden behind the curtain. The curtain appeared to be slightly moving as if there was a soft breeze passing through it. I could see the light flickering from candles hidden behind the curtain. The curtain appeared to be slightly moving as if there was a soft breeze passing through it. I watched her walk to a short brown bookshelf. She was wearing a long white dashiki with a white head wrap covering her hair. She was barefooted, but she moved as if she was of royalty. She reached on the shelf and handed me two books. One book was about how to establish an altar, and the other book was about African spirituality. I took the books. Why did you give me these? I am more interested in fiction books and or poetry books. You said that you were interested in everything, she answered. I grabbed the books and began to flip them over, reading the information about the knowledge contained inside. I have been experimenting with certain things, especially more new age religions. I could never get with Christianity for I always felt more that it was the church and their ways and Christianity was just not for me. But not only did I speak with the dead, I also could sense things about other people. And I had even taught myself how to read with playing cards. But these books really were starting to spark something inside of me. I think you need these. I sense that you have a spiritual gift and I want you to have these. I strongly believe that these books will help you to understand the ways of the ancestors. The ancestors? It was more of a question than a statement, but I knew about them, but I was not as knowledgeable as I should be. Yes, those great Africans that have come before us. It would be best to read those books to understand better the role they play in your life. Those books will also help you to understand the role that you have to fulfill. I don't understand what you're talking about, but I will take these. I still want to see other books. I tucked the books under my arm. This is a bookstore, and you should read other books, too. Feel free to look around my store. She turned and walked back out the way that we came in, and I followed her. She walked back to the counter and stood beside her husband, but she just kept staring at me, and it was making me nervous, and I began to feel cautious. And for some unknown reason, I did not have the urge to want to look at anything. I really had the urge to just get out of that store. I walked up to the counter and placed my books down, and also, I'll take the incense. Only charge her for the incense and not the books she said to her husband i i I don't know what to say i was grateful because i didn't even have that much money anyway well you just moved into your place and i know that your money is minimal besides you must remember that nothing in this life is free wow what does she mean by that i thought to myself because if these books ain't free i I mean i want to pay for them i don't know but anyway and And how did she know I had just moved? Sister, it would be $5, spoke her husband. He took the incense and placed them into a paper bag and slid me the books. As I began removing the money from my pocket, I heard a rattling noise coming from behind us. It sounded like someone had just walked in through the beaded doorway. I turned around to see who it was, but no one was there. The movement was like it had come from the direction of the area where we had just left. Is someone else here? I asked, seeming a little puzzled. No, none is here but us. Even though she sounded overly sweet, I began to feel that she was lying to me. Someone had been watching us, and they moved those beads. Sister, what is your name? She asked me. Oh, you can tell me that I have moved, but you you asking me what my name is? Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Faith Jones. She bowed her head to me. My name is Nana Madu, and I want to invite you back on Sunday to our Aquase Day celebration. Oh, really? What is that about? Well, it's a ceremony where we call down the ancestors to come and bless us with their gifts and presents, her husband answered. That must have been a great mistake for him because Nana Madu glanced at him, and the look that she gave him, he lowered his head. I did not mean to be disrespectful, my queen spoke standing there with his head hung low being silently scolded like a small child like he was interfering in grown folks business she smiled sweetly at me ignoring him so we will see you on Sunday I glanced over at him to see if he would raise his head but it was still hung low okay sure but um what do I wear is there something that I bring I would like for you to wear all white and bring some clear liquor if you can I grabbed my bag off the counter, and I placed the books into my book bag. The scent of cush was still on me, and as I walked out of the store, I thought I saw a young man standing in the shadows of the store. Chapter 5, Altar. When I arrived home, I immediately dug the books out of my book bag and took out the one that showed you how to establish an altar in your home. I got a smudge stick that I had bought at another store, and I used it to cleanse the space in my living room. I was so much into spirituality, and I understood certain things existed in our universe. I knew I had a gift to feel certain things in the atmosphere, but I had never actually truly created an altar. This book instructed me to use a small table and place a white cloth across it. I had seen a small table upstairs in one of the empty bedrooms that was left, and I went and brought it downstairs. I used a smudge stick to cleanse the table. I then placed a white cloth on it and walked into the kitchen to get a glass bowl from the thrift shop that I had bought. The book instructed me to add cool water to it, and after I did that, I placed that bowl of water on the table. I began to gaze down into that water, as the book instructed me to do, until I began to see pictures like a vision forming in the water. I kept staring into that bowl of water for what seemed like hours, but it had only been five minutes, because just as I began to end this foolishness, I heard the whispers of voices. What the hell? I said to myself. The voices became louder as I listened harder, figuring out what they were saying to me. The whispers started to become more louder in my ears and more precise. It sounded like a rush of water. And I began to understand them. We have been waiting for you. I dropped the bowl of water as it hit my table and did not break. I backed up from the table and ran upstairs to my bedroom. I stood there trying to figure out what had just occurred. My heart was racing, but, was, but what was more peculiar was that I was not feeling any tingling sensations in the back of my neck. What the hell was Bella doing? I went back to the living room and picked up the bowl of water. I peered back into the bowl. There was a few drops of water left, and I began breathing to control my heart rate. I was in my house, and I should not be afraid of anything in my own home. I heard the voices again, but this time, I listened to the voices whispering my name. Faith. Fuck that. I dropped the bowl again and ran back upstairs to my bedroom. I didn't know why I was acting like I was so afraid for hearing voices. I listened to them all the time when I visited the cemetery. But this was different. I never gazed into a bowl of water before, and I had never erected an altar to my ancestors either. I was alone in my home, embarking on something unfamiliar, with, which was so different to me. I had no idea how to create an altar to my ancestors, and I needed guidance. Slowly, I took off my clothing, slipped on my Bob Marley t-shirt, and got in the bed. I'll take a shower tomorrow. I laid back against my pillow and closed my eyes. My thoughts danced around in my mind until I finally fell asleep, still thinking about the water in that bowl. Chapter 6. I woke the next day to the sound of my cell phone ringing. I was slightly confused as I searched for it and saw it lying on the floor. I reached over and picked up my phone and turned it over, and it was my mother. I pressed talk. What are you doing? She said to me. I could not believe that she was calling me and asking me what I was doing. But deep down inside, I was really pleased to hear from her. Nothing. How are you? I was hoping that she could hear the excitement in my voice. I'm fine. I need you to come over here today. I got something I need to speak with you about. I guess she didn't sense it. Well, if it's about what I said before I left, Ma, I told you I was sorry. No, it ain't got nothing to do with that. I just need to talk to you about something. Why was she sounding annoyed? Okay, Ma, I'll be there today. I hung up the phone. We never said goodbye to each other, nor hello. What did she have to tell me? I had not spoken to her in almost two weeks, and now she wanted to drop by or she wanted me to come and talk to her. I had tried to call her to tell her that I had finally bought myself a little car from Craigslist for about $600. It was a purple Volkswagen Bug, and I loved that little car. It did need a lot of work, but it got me from one point to the next. I wanted her to see my home. I wanted her to see my place. I wanted her to tell me that she was proud of me for having found something. But she would act as if I owed her for sharing that information about my life. She probably would say something negative, for she had an act of always turning my good news into something terrible. Since I was 16, I have worked and saved every dime that she did not take from me. I hated working at McDonald's, but it paid the bills, and my hard work got me a full-time position. I was planning on going back to school to get my degree in criminal justice. I wanted to be a private detective for the defense teams and work with court-appointed lawyers. I guess you can say that I was an advocate for what I believed was right. I got up from the bed and walked into the bathroom. I turned the shower on to get the water hot and stepped into the shower. I allowed the water to cascade down my body as the water began enveloping me and I felt so relaxed. I closed my eyes and leaned my head against the shower wall and breathed. (sighs) Last night was crazy. Those voices were weird and I knew that I was not playing games with myself by believing that it was only in my mind. The shower began to get steamy from the hot water and condensation began forming on the glass doors of the shower stall. I wiped the doors with my hands and I blinked my eyes because as I did that, I thought I saw someone standing there. I wiped the window again to see better and there standing in front of me was this dark woman. She was standing there with long flowing hair and scantily clothed. A colossal snake was hanging from her neck. I jumped back, startled and then slowly placed my hand upon the glass to open the door. I could feel my heart racing, and my hand began shaking as I pushed the door open. No one was standing there. I walked into my bedroom with soap running down my body to look for her, but she was gone. It was like she had disappeared into thin air. Damn, what the fuck is going on? Last night, I heard voices from the water I was peering into, and now I see this woman standing in my bathroom with a snake wrapped around her neck. I turned back around and walked back to get into the shower. Suddenly, I stopped. Somebody had written a name on the glass. Mommy Water. I know that I am not going insane. I was going back to see that lady at the bookstore chapter seven i had no idea what my mama wanted when i pulled up in front of her house she was sitting on the front porch in that old white rocking chair waiting on me i hated coming over here but she had asked me to come it's like you know how you treat a dog but that dog will come to you with love and protect you that is how i felt about my mama i walked up to the porch and sat down in the second rocking chair beside her Mom, here, what do you want? (sighs) Girl, I have not spoken with you in two weeks, and I wanted to know how you were doing, she said. I swear this woman can change her mood at the drop of a dime. I glanced down into her small brown ashtray and saw a half-lit blunt resting there. You got a light, she asked me. I reached into my bag and gave her a cigarette lighter. Things never change. Mom, just tell me what's up. I'm tired and I need to lay down. I had problems sleeping last night. Hmm. why are you so tired you ain't got no job she said lighting her blunt i shook my head at her ma. i've been working since i was 16 see you don't even pay attention to what i do unless it benefits you well you ain't never give me a dime for staying here you owe me back rent she said inhaling on the blunt Ma, you was taking half my check i can't believe you just said that man i was starting to feel agitated is that why you call me over here she blew smoke in my face (sighs) it was as if she was toying with me and i was beginning to get impatient ma what do you want i wanted to talk to you about what you've been doing behind my back i know you've been going down to that cemetery conjuring up all those demons stacy told me that she felt like you had ghosts over there yes I love going to the cemetery. Yes, I love going to the cemeteries because people do not follow you there. And you ain't got to worry about ghosts. It's so peaceful there. From time to time, I may have spoken a few words or written a poem here and there about dead people, but it was not her business to go and tell my mama. I knew that I was not conjuring demons. What the hell was up with Stacy telling that lie? Ma, Ma, why are you still smoking weed i thought you was going to quit i said trying to change the subject nope and it's not a sin to smoke she said pulling on that blunt again and releasing the smoke towards me i shook my head i never said that it was what you want i got things to do what you doing in that cemetery she pulled on the blunt again She was doing that shit on purpose. Now, that's a sin. What you talking about, Ma? I have become exasperated. You heard me. What in the hell you be doing when you be going to the cemetery talking to them dead people? Your friend Stacy told me that you are writing stuff that comes true and that you are talking to them people and seeing ghosts and shit. You probably done conjured up that demon that you got inside of you. And you keep smoking weed like what you do is none of my business and what I do is none of yours. Besides, I don't have a demon inside of me. I stood up because I was ready to go. I hope that you ain't doing no witchcraft for that Bible um, because you know what that Bible says. For that Bible says suffer a witch to live. Is that why you call me over here? For once in my life, I thought you wanted to see me or wanted to tell me that you miss me. Yes, Faith, I called you over here because I am concerned about that demon inside of you. Now you got ghosts in your house and you keep staying at that graveyard. I'm worried about your soul. I don't want you to go to hell and burn in that lake of fire. When I was living here, Mama, You made me go to church every Sunday and three times during the week. Now you want to talk about my sins? What about the sin you committed when you killed my baby? I never wanted to have an abortion. You even tried to beat my baby out of me. Tears began to flow from my eyes. I heard my cell phone ring, but I ignored it. You damn right I made you do that shit. Tears began to flow from my eyes, and I wiped them away with the back of my hand. I could feel my emotions rise, and the tingling in the back of my neck was beginning to start. You were not about to bring a baby in my house for me to raise. Is that why you have been going to that place you've been trying to talk to your dead baby? I shook my head at her. I never thought about communicating with my baby. You know, Ma, I'm going to leave. I got things to do. I need to leave, and I need to go calm down. I began walking off her porch. As I started walking away from her, I heard her rise out of that rocking chair. Where the fuck you going? She yelled. I felt her hands on my back. She pushed me, and I almost fell down the stairs. I turned around to confront her. The tingling in the back of my neck was becoming more assertive, and I knew that I would know Bella would hurt her if I did not leave. I turned around to face her. Ma, let me tell you something. That's going to be the last time that you will ever put your hands on me. The next time you touch me, you, what will you do? You going to kill me? She screamed. I am not afraid of the devil, For greater is he that is in me than what you got inside of you. Anger erupted from my eyes, but I did not give in to it. The thought of killing mama had never entered my mind. I realized that it was time for me to forget about her and release all family expectations. I turned around, walked off her porch, and I could hear her slinging curse words at me as I drove off. Thank you for listening to the Destruction of Faith, Chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7. Yes, I did add in an extra chapter. Come back and check out the rest of my chapters as I begin to read and get more into Faith's life. As you can see, she's very interesting, and there are a lot of things that are going on with her. But you got to stay and find out why the destruction of faith is happening. Peace.